You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 292. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 292. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Yeah, yeah, baby. Hey. Hey, hey. How you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. How it you doing is today? It's 9.45 people? in the a.m. Is it 9.45? Yeah, I don't know. It's 9.45. Uh, it's 3.27 in the p.m. Oh, is that what it is? Right, right. C-105. more <laughs> Folks, real special guest here this morning. Dirty Dad, the garbage man. Z105's newest DJ is here. Hey, soccer teams, what's up? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, pop people. Hey, guys. We are bringing you another edition of our mailbag episode. And this is really cool. This is where I take questions that have been posed to me from the audience and sound off kind of on a little bit of a lightning round kind of thing, more so than an entire episode. This will likely be more so around communication stuff for those of you who struggle with boundaries or how do I say this or that. I picked three questions that I thought were really relevant to some of the stuff that a large majority of the population that I talk to really struggles with. So I'm hoping this is really meaty for you. Cool. And keep in mind that there will be additional resources located under the show notes page. So with a lot of these, I'm going to suggest other podcasts for you to listen to, to dig deeper. So please, please do that if you're noticing that there's some sticking points for you. But of course, before we jump into the mailbag, we got to, we got to give you a little, that's right. A little airtime. Surprised you didn't say warm up the mic. That's your usual go-to. Because we're actually going to heat them up. Oh, we are? Mm-hmm. We're just going to warm them up. We're going to make fire. them hot. All right. Yeah. With a little something we like to call the Would You Rather. Would you rather? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Today's Would You Rather is, would you rather be in a real version okay. of Jurassic Park Oh. or Yikes. Walking Dead? Oh, Wow. Okay. So Let tons me... of crazy dinosaurs that could eat you in a second or tons of dead people that could eat you in a second. Oh, I don't. Actually, they're a little slower. But wait, so Jurassic Park, aren't they on an island though? Yeah. So I feel like if I was in zombie apocalypse style, I could travel to find the things that there I need. There you go with those loopholes. It's not a loophole. <laughs> That's the narrative. I... Well, what I'm trying to get at is, do you want? Would you rather live in a world with a bunch of dinosaurs? In a world, <laughs> in a world with a bunch of dead people, <laughs> or with dinosaurs? So let's just go from there. I'm trying to figure out what yeah. I want to do with your "Would You Rather" yeah. segment, and I'm trying to qualify it for you. Well, I, I'm that's what I'm trying to do. So I feel like I could get more resources and live and survive more that's high, more likely with the zombie apocalypse hmm. 
than with dinosaurs. Because even if I stayed safe from the dinosaurs, I'm going to run out of food eventually. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, there's only whatever is available on that island. I already told you we're taking the island out of the picture. And it's just a world with dinosaurs In a world. or a world with dead people. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, okay. So we're taking the island out. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. What would you choose? I think I could survive other humans and zombies much easier than I could enjoy, uh, that I could survive dinosaurs. I feel like that too. Plus, zombies are fucking slow. Right. So it's just that if there's a bunch of them and you're trapped somewhere, yeah, right? like then, that's where it gets tricky. That's when it gets real dicey. Like then. you don't want to be in a dumpster that with a bunch of zombies around you. That would be a dumpster right. fire. That would be a dumpster. Yeah, that's probably what I do. I just light myself on fire. Oh wow, that would be your wow. This, this got really macabre. Didn't this it? did get macabre. Yeah. That, that is really not where we want to go. With <laughs> that's not where we want to go with this. Okay, so that I feel also like dinosaurs. I have this weird thing. It's called megalophobia. And oh, it's yeah. basically where you're really uneasy around extremely giant structures. For me, it's largely around... That's why she's afraid to be around me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Mostly Mr. Smith. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it's usually structures that are architecture, like some kind of... Like, oh my God, the Hoover Dam. I was crawling out of my skin. Usually it's some sort of statue or monument or things like that that give me the creeps, but... Mm. I think a dinosaur would freak me the fuck out. So Dinosaurs I, would be pretty tough. I think I'm going to go with zombie. I'm going to go zombie as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we would love Hopefully to... this isn't a landslide again. We would love to hear from you. I think people are going to be different because I, you know, my, my bestie hates zombies. Like, she's terrified of them. So I think she would choose... Because it's a real thing. Exactly. But I did see a documentary about that, about how so much of our bodies are autopilot. Like, we don't have to think to digest. Right. We don't have to think to see. We don't have to do any, you know, there's a lot of our body that already functions on autopilot that if there was a disease that took over a dead corpse, mm. I don't know. Oh. Ah, mm. It's kind of crazy. Ah. So what would you rather? We want to hear from you. And we talk about it every single Monday over in my After Hours Facebook group. And this is... A wonderfully positive corner of the internet. All you have to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That will redirect you right over to us. And it is such a great grouping of people. We've got about 1,200 peeps over there, all podcast listeners, supporting each other, camaraderie. Nobody's selling bullshit stuff. I, I keep it very much on lockdown. But we discuss... Or would you rather every Monday? We talk about warm, fuzzy Wednesdays. I do a Q&A segment every single Thursday where I sound off on any questions that have come up from the audience that day or that week, rather. So it's just a really great environment to hang out and, and get some additional support. So please be sure to cruise over there. And before we jump into today's mailbag, I wanted to mention to you, if you did not know already, that on every single show notes page for every episode, there's an opportunity for you to submit a show topic idea. Oh, yeah. You can also go straight to thejoyjunkie.com slash show idea, all one word, but they're listed on every show page as well. And that's... If, you're, if you've been listening and you've been thinking, gosh, yeah, you did a pot on this, but what about this? This would be really helpful. Or I find myself in this situation, any advice or any help would be much appreciated. 
please don't hesitate to send those to me. They're really helpful in knowing what you guys want covered. These are three of them that were submitted to me through the website, and I'm excited to kind of sound off on them. So you ready to go, babes? I am ready. Okay. All right. So our first one says, hi, Amy. First of all, I love your show. It helped me a lot. And I'm just so, so grateful for you doing this. You're an amazing person. And I hope you know it. Oh, so sweet. Very sweet. So my show idea. I'm sadly slow to react and say anything in situations where I later feel that, yeah, I should have said something right there. And then instead of not saying something and then feeling kind of iffy about it later. Is there any way I can think or practice saying what I feel right there and then and not have to delay, not have this delayed regret, essentially? I don't want to strangle my own voice and feelings anymore. Mm. Thank you. Wow. I loved that. So Yeah, it's great. She's thinking. Mm -hmm. So, of course, first thing we got to do is we got to start off by giving her a (gasps) warm fuzzy. fuzzy. Yay! Yeah, that rocked. Good question. Yeah, this is a great, great question. And when you said, is there a way I can think or practice saying what I feel right there and then, instead of having the delayed regret, yeah, it's by practicing it right there and then. (laughs) And so that's what's tough about it is we are, we're fighting against a patterned behavior. So you're used to keeping your mouth shut or saying what somebody wants to, wants to hear. A lot of people have this with saying no. So when somebody comes to you and asks something of you, your gut instinct is just to say, yeah, or sure, or no problem. Instead of stopping, thinking through it and going, wait a minute, no, I can't overcommit myself to that. So with this situation, I've got a couple of ideas for you to play around with. One is you can create a structure to remind you. So this would be something like a bracelet or a scarf or a little statue you keep on your desk or a sticky note or a screensaver on your phone or computer. Something that is reminding you constantly to be vocal about something that might have been offensive to you or just as I like to say, not allow your silence to make you a liar. Yeah. That's usually where you get this delayed regret where you go, oh, I let something slide that it does not feel right to me in my gut. So creating a structure, structure is just kind of a, a coachy kind of term, but it's anything that will remind you of what you want to focus on. You can also have something like, for instance, if you know you're going to be around a workplace or a work function, or you're going to be around a certain family event where you tend to cower, you tend to silence yourself, Hmm. you can call forth that structure during those times. So maybe it's a bracelet that reminds you, my voice matters. And you wear that to that function. Just another layer. It's obviously not going to make you do anything, but it's a, it's a, Symbol of remembrance, something that triggers your mind to go, oh, yeah, we're flexing this muscle because it's not a gut response. Your gut response right now is to be quiet or to say what other people want you to say. So that's the first thing. Create a structure. The second thing is write out some go to phrases that you would want to use in these sorts of situations. So the first thing that you're going to want to do is think back to. What were those scenarios that you had in mind? Was it when somebody said something disparaging about maybe religion or politics and you didn't feel the same way and you 
didn't necessarily want to get in a huge conversation, but you at least wanted to let your voice be heard that you don't agree. So maybe you have a a go-to phrase that's something like, I'm sure you don't mean to stir the pot, but I actually don't share your opinion. So I am going to just politely excuse myself from this conversation. Hmm. Something where you have a phrase that you've practiced, that you've rehearsed, so that it's easier to call upon. It depends on what your scenario is. I'll give you another example. Let's say that you are used to pretending that everything's okay, and when when your your really close friend or your spouse checks in with you about how you've been doing with your work or the overload of stress, and you typically don't want them to worry. So you say something like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then upon reflection, you go, I should have been really a lot more honest with my spouse. I am really a lot more stressed out. That's why I've been biting and a little bit more acerbic in our conversations, or I was rude to my mom. I need to own that. So you might have something there where you say, you know what, it's hard for me to acknowledge that I've been so stressed out. But to be honest with you, I'm I'm not at my best. Mm. And I really appreciate you asking. A lot of times what we are so wrapped up in is we're afraid of being truly honest. But a lot of times it's because we think that honesty has to come out in a really mean way or a rude way. Sure. It doesn't have to. Again, Somebody asking you to go to a family function or go to an event or babysit their kids and you don't want to, don't say yes. Just say, you know what? I would absolutely love to come through for you. Unfortunately, I am stretched to capacity and I would hate to commit and then and let you down. So if you have to know right now, I'm going to have to politely decline. Mm-hmm. I wish I could come through for you. Something that I use when I'm speaking to people and I feel like there's something that was said that I need to say something about is I think, is it someone that is a peer, someone who's quote unquote on the same level? Is it someone that I look up to or is it someone who look up, looks up to me? Yep. And then my response comes from those three pieces. Ooh, that's great. Right? Like uh, if it's someone that I respect, I said, I, I would say, uh, for instance, I had this happen. Uh, I was at the gym working out with some guys. There were guys that I just met. And he was talking about an event he went to. And he said uh, an off-color remark about a race. Mm. And I said, come on, man. You're better than that. Like, don't fit the Southern stereotype. You know, like I went because I feel like. He was peer. He was peer. If it's someone that I respect, I say, I kind of reverse the role. Yep. I say, is that a comment that you'd be okay with me saying? Would it be cool if I said that? You know, like... You can kind of tweak it, depending. Right. And then, uh, you know, you can kind of move it in those three categories. Right. Because you have to speak to different people, different people, different ways. Right. I'm so proud of you that you did that. Oh, thank you. You didn't tell me about that. No, no, yeah. You know, I I really didn't even think about it again until now when we're, you know, talking about it. Right. But that's kind of a phrase that I use when I do hear people. We're talking about having a phrase. Right. That's a phrase that I use for peers or people that I yeah. look up to me. Or, like a client. Like yeah. is looking at to you as an authority. Right. Or people that are on my level, I uh, say, you're better than that. Yeah. You know, or oh, come on, that's, that's, right. you know, that's not right. And speak to the better half of them. Right. So that's great. And I would imagine, you know, if it was somebody who looked up to you or who, you know, you were sort of the mentor, you could say something like, you know, I, I know that we're tip- we typically talk about body work and things like that. But I, I do just want to let you know that I don't stand in the same 
on the same feelings about that particular matter, it would mean a lot to me if you just didn't bring that to class or if you didn't bring it, you didn't talk about it. So you can kind of approach it in a different way. This I'm, I'm guessing that it's not where she's the authority, like a teacher or Mm -hmm. somewhere where you can really kind of set the record straight. Right. I'm guessing it's more of like a peer to peer or even authority, like we're dealing with your family, you know, or what people that you, society says like we need to respect them at all costs and father I say, mother grandparent that no. kind of thing yeah exactly so get yourself some go-to phrases i don't know what your specific scenarios are so for all of you out there i want you to think about what are my scenarios that i don't speak up in where i get caught off guard come up with some go-to phrases and then practice them we've given you a ton of, of ideas here the third thing that you can do is catch yourself in the moment. And it it is when you have the realization in that moment, you st- like maybe you walked away from something. Like th- let's take your example at the, at the gym. Maybe you walked away after somebody made a comment and you just realized that. You can turn around, go back to that person and say, hey man, I just want to say that that, that really kind of hit me the wrong way. Or, you know, that's that's not And you can cool. even say, I didn't even know what to say in the moment. But after I thought about it for a minute, this is what I came up with. Perfect. Right? Perfect. Because that's exactly the truth, right? Yeah. Or, you know what? I'm actually really bothered by, right. by what you just said. And I was so shocked that I just kind of walked away. But I knew I wouldn't feel right if I didn't say something. And I don't expect you to agree with me or anything like that. I just needed to feel like I wasn't being complicit because I don't share that opinion. Right. So you can catch yourself in the moment and go back. If you're doing something like you're catching yourself saying yes to obligations, so you're right in the middle where somebody goes, is there any way that you could help me move this Sunday? Or is there mm-hmm. any way you could get this this paperwork to me by Friday? Is there any, you know, and they, they're coming to you with that sense of urgency. And so you naturally go like, yeah, absolutely. Tell me about it. And you you've already said yes. And you've caught yourself in that moment. You can, you can stop it and go, you know what? I need to just, I need to take a step back. I think I overcommitted myself. I have been, please bear with me, but I, I have been noticing that I have been overcommitting like crazy. And I, my natural response is always to say yes, because I genuinely want to come through for you. But I am really working on honoring my word. And I don't, I, Honestly, I'm so stretched beyond my limits right now. I don't think I can take on one more thing. I think I said yes a little too quickly. Okay. Now, if you can catch yourself in that moment, do it. If you can't, that's when you do number four, which is declaring the do-over. So that is where you come in. You go back. Brene Brown calls it circling back. It's where you go, okay, what do I – you can either go back and actually say something to somebody and say, hey, you know, a week later, two, fucking five years later, it does not matter. The time does not matter. Do not get hung up on that. Because we do that a lot where mm-hmm. we think, oh, it's been too long. I can't say anything. No, you can always say something. Yep. Okay. Always. You d- declare your do-over. You either go back and say, like, to your friend or to whoever, hey, that really didn't sit well with me. I'd appreciate it if you didn't say that in front of me. Or, hey, mom, please stop bringing that up. That's really uncomfortable. It's not something I want to discuss. I really hope you can respect that. Go back. Go back. I didn't say anything in the time. I really wish I would have. That's on me. But here's what I'm requesting now. 
revisit, declare the do-over. The other thing that you can do if it's a situation like this where you didn't know that guy, right? It was just kind of like a random at the gym who you, you didn't really know. So it's not like you have his phone number or... Yeah, I'll probably never see the guy again. You're never going to see the guy again. So there's not really a do-over that you could do with him. So what you do in your mind then is you go, what would I want to say differently next time? How would I want to handle myself differently if that sort of a scenario happens again? And then you decide on it. You decide on your phrase, you practice your phrase, and then you are ready. So when you ask me, is there any way to really stop yourself? It's just a matter of practice. Practice. Like you said, it has to be top of mind. You have to watch how often you say yes to things or don't speak up at all. And I'm actually going to link to a couple of pods this week, but one is going to be around saying no, because that can tend to be a tough one. I'll also link to another one specifically about speaking up as well, because I think those will drill down on some of the concepts that we've talked about. So thank you for that, because I think this is a, a real common issue that a lot of people have. Yeah. Great question. You ready for number two? Let's do it. Number two, she says, When there are people who have been and continue to be so toxic and abusive that you need to get them out of your life completely for your own sanity and to embrace your own badassery, even if they are really close family, how do you tell them that? And how do you get over the feelings of guilt when they react as expected? Okay, so I want to say that this advice that I'm going to give you is under the assumption that it is legitimately toxic. Hmm. And what I mean by that is where there are people who are either physically hitting you, touching you, something like that, verbally saying things that are blatantly disrespectful, like you're an idiot or you, you're so stupid or you never figure things out or damn, that's, you know, that's just not how you should do things. I'm talking about really negative people who have no hope in hell of changing. (laughs) Because what I do see happen is where we are so uncomfortable telling a family member the problem we have with them that we just stop talking to them altogether. Mm -hmm. And we start gathering evidence of why they are so shitty. Hide. So the first place you have got to ask yourself is, is there a conversation to be had? Is it something that we can work through? Or are we talking about Like Mr. Smith's dad that we've talked about, who was a legitimate toxic force, massive drug addict, never put any effort into the relationship, was horribly abusive to you as a child. It was very clear. I do not want this human in my life. If that's what you're up against, then I can definitely talk to you about that. If you're not, if it's just a rough relationship, then it becomes you need to have conversations. Okay, so I really want you to hear that there's two very different things here. There's one where, oh, I've just been scared to have a conversation. And then there's another where I need to deliver a boundary because this is this is just so unbelievably toxic to me. I can't stay connected to this person. So when you say, how do you tell them that? You straight up tell them that. Right. You straight up fucking tell them that. (laughs) So it depends on what it is that they've done or do or the behavior they employ. But I'm going to take fairly extreme examples because when somebody says to me toxic and abusive, I feel like that needs to be something that is not a collaboration. We can't sit down and have a conversation because I might get hurt. You might you might be hurling insults. You're not capable of listening. Right. Okay? Okay. I need that to be clear. 
Three steps of delivering a boundary. Decide, deliver, enforce. Decide, deliver, enforce. So you're going to decide first on what the boundary is. Is it I'm willing to come to holidays or I am not going to have you in my life any longer or I cannot come over any longer. I don't want to be in communication as of now. What is the what is the actual action? the thing that you will or will not tolerate any longer going forward. You have to be very clear on that because if you just come and say, I have a really, I have a a problem with your behavior. Now you're just being nitpicky Hmm. and that doesn't help anything. You need to say, because of these things, I've made this decision that this is not healthy for me to be around. I cannot be around this any longer. So a great example is addiction. People who are are in a really rough throes of addiction and you know that being around them, you are enabling them. They're pulling you down. They're trying to get you involved in that sort of a thing. And you know you don't want to be a part of that. They're really acrimonious or biting or bitter with how they speak to you. They're manipulative. They are gaslighting. You know, something like that where they're speaking to you in a really derogatory way. They're always negative. You have to decide on what you will or will not tolerate any longer and be very clear about that. Second piece is you deliver it. You tell them. Now, with a boundary, with somebody who you do not want in your life anymore, which is what I am hearing, and you do not want a par- that parent in your life anymore, a sibling, a child, you know, whatever it might be, because their behavior, which is their own choice, has become too volatile for you to be involved with them any longer you tell them that. You say, it seems as though every time we connect, there's a lot of insults that have been thrown. There's a lot of anger and a lot of yelling and screaming. There's clearly some abuse of alcohol or drugs or whatever. There's whatever. Because of that, I can no longer be around this. I know that it's not healthy for me to contribute to this any longer. Hmm. I don't want to enable you. I don't want you to think that I'm okay with this in any way. And I also genuinely need to take care of my own well-being. Absolutely. This is not at all coming from a place of I don't love you. It is I just love me too. Yeah. Decide, deliver, enforce. Enforce is probably the most challenging because they will keep calling and they will test your boundary. They will test Hmm. to see, does she really mean it? You have to decide how many times am I willing to recant this same boundary before I involve the police, before I involve lawyers, before I take it into a like a really serious situation. I don't know the ins and outs of her specific issue, so I don't know the level of abuse or toxicity, but you do not deserve to be tethered to relationships that make you feel like shit. But it is your responsibility to give voice to that. Absolutely. So if it's a relationship that can be rectified or you can collaborate and work on it, then it's a tough conversation issue. If it is, I want them out of my life, it is more of a boundary issue Mm -hmm. where you are saying, here's what I'm not going to tolerate anymore. Here's what's going to happen going forward. And that's why you need to be specific. So the example I use a lot is if you have let's say, parents who really disrespect your religious beliefs, let's say, and you say, I just really need you to respect me more and my beliefs. That doesn't tell them what that looks like. There's nothing actionable there. You need to say, 
I need you to not bring up anything about your faith or our chosen faith at all. You know, like very, like that's very specific if they breach that or not. So make sure whatever you're deciding on and delivering that, that it's very crystal clear, that it's not up for interpretation. And you do that with the utmost grace and kindness. Here's the deal. You can be assertive and graceful and kind. So you can say, please know, and it sounds like they typically react as you expect, you know, and they get all worked up. You can say, please know it's not my intention to incite you to getting upset or frustrate you. I'm genuinely just trying to take care of myself the best way I know how. Hmm. But you have to maintain your calmness and your integrity and your dignity. All right. So we have got decide, deliver, and force. And then the final thing is to handle your guilt. Handle your guilt. What do you mean by that? Now, that is what I am going to refer you to the guilt podcast Mm. because I want you to start changing your concept around what warrants guilt. Because a lot of times we're taking a powerful step for ourselves, like declining an invite or saying, no, I can't help you move or no, I can't bake 500 cupcakes or whatever. And we feel guilty when we've done nothing wrong. You have done nothing wrong according to you. And I need you to understand that concept a little bit better because guilt is really only reserved for when you have made a mistake. You're not making a mistake here. So it doesn't warrant guilt. I need you to change what that description is. So listen to the Hmm. guilt podcast. I'll link to that as well in the show notes. That is going to be a huge one for you in understanding what is your responsibility and what is not. Awesome. Cool. Great resource. Yeah. All right. Before I move on, we have to give the last gal a warm fuzzy. Yay! Also, I think it would be a great time to talk about your program, too, because that sounds like a good candidate. That's true. I completely spaced on that. Thank you for for reminding me. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this, but I have a completely free workshop that's going on right now. Tons of different dates and times available. All you have to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop, and it'll take you right over there. And what Mr. Smith's talking about is there's a lot in there where I discuss blame, how we blame other people, how we self-blame, like this gal, what how she was saying. boundaries, like, how to deal with guilt, all those things are in there, yeah. You know, when you think, oh, I'm speaking up for myself, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's like we get speaking up hangover or something like that. And we go, oh my gosh, did I do something wrong? Oh, I I must be wrong. And we go into this self-blame. Well, I dig into that a lot in the workshop. I talk about why mantras don't work. Positive affirmations don't work unless you really have cemented that with a belief. So basically, the long and the short of this workshop is dealing with perfectionism, people-pleasing, self-doubt. And it's the exact process I take my clients through, take my students through. And you can go and, and get a glimpse of it, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Thank you so much for reminding yeah. me of that. Yeah, absolutely. If any of these really hit home for you, be sure to check out that workshop. It probably will not be available forever. I'm not sure yet. Uh, so get, swoop in while you can. Again, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop, totally free. Have your pen and paper ready. You're going to take tons of notes. And I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to throw in the mix? I just wanted to say I hope that we did a good job of of not making her feel bad, but making her feel empowered. 
I hope so. Yeah. And, and I think we did. I just want to make sure that if that person is listening, that or if someone like this is listening, that this is meant to be an empowering conversation, not a demoralizing conversation like, oh, I suck. I can't communicate. Oh, whatever that might be, right? whatever story you make up. I just want to make sure that they're they're clear that we are trying to empower that. Yeah. That's a good point. In them. That's a really great point. Um, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, please know this is all about what you deserve and accessing that personal power. And there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. We're all just trying to figure shit out here. <laughs> right. Exactly. We really are. All right. So on that note, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Mmm.